0: I wanna start today's episode by asking you a really important question. Do you know what kind of impact you're having on those around you? So often we don't really talk about the impact that we're having on the lives of the people that are close to us, like our families, our spouses, kids, friends, and even the organizations that we're a part of. But I really want you to think about that for a moment because it's entirely likely that you're making a bigger impact than you think you are. And the reason I know this is because if you are a listener of the Courage cast, then I know you're out there doing amazing things. Not only are you building a business and really being creative in your sphere of influence, but you're probably giving back as well. You're doing volunteering in your community, like my friend Libby, who started For the Six an organization that helps people become volunteers within the city of Toronto, or you're sponsoring kids overseas like my friend Peggy, or you're involved in advocacy like my friend Amanda. You know, we don't talk about privilege all that much in the current culture that we live in. And if I'm being really honest with you, for a long time, I never really thought about it. I I actually even hate to admit it, But growing up in canada i've personally never gone without in my life i've always had a roof over my head food to eat and opportunities that were basically just handed to me because of being a white woman living in this part of the world and it probably wasn't until i moved downtown toronto and became friends with some pretty incredible women that my eyes were truly opened to what poverty looks like even here in canada and the lack that is within our own communities, as well as around the world. And I'm thankful for those relationships that have helped me to expand how I see the world and the part that I need to play in it. And I also have to say that I have some pretty incredible parents. So shout out to Randy and Karen, who modeled for my brother and I, what it was like to be generous to those in need within our own community. I remember as a kid taking a van load of clothing and gifts to a family in need at christmas time it was one of the first moments that my mom included me in something that i never knew was possible for us to do to this day they are still volunteering in their community my dad even drives a bus up north to pick up stray dogs and cats for the humane society so they're still doing amazing things even now. So I have to say, I come from a whole community of people who know how to make an impact. But we all have an opportunity to make a broader impact in the world, whether it's at home with our kids or in our community by getting involved in organizations that we believe in, or even like starting a nonprofit that is empowering the lives of others. So it's my hope that this episode today with President and CEO of Compassion Canada will inspire you to make a bigger impact with your life. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and
1: your secret weapon.
0: Hello friends, as I'm recording this podcast today, it is snowing like crazy in Northern Ontario and it looks like the picture perfect postcard of a winter wonderland. It is literally so beautiful, but I'm not sure that I'm gonna be saying that the moment I have to put my coat and boots and hat on and go and dig myself out of the snow apocalypse here. Oh, the joys of living in Canada. I hope wherever you are in the world today that you are finding something to be grateful for, especially if you're sitting under a palm tree right now enjoying some sunshine. You know, we really do have so much to be thankful for in our lives. And one of the biggest lessons that I've personally been learning is to be grateful for everything, even in the hard things in life. And I've been doing a gratitude practice now for months that has really changed my entire perspective on my life. And I'm finding that I'm so much happier and at peace. In fact, I dedicated an entire episode to sharing that practice with you and talking about how it's completely revolutionized how I think about myself, how I think about others, and how I think about what my life looks like moving forward. So go ahead and download that episode. It's episode 87, What You Appreciate Grows. Today we're talking about impact, and I have a very special guest on the show. Allison Ali is the president and CEO of Compassion Canada. Allison holds a Master of Arts in Global Leadership with an emphasis on international development and urban studies from Fuller Theological Seminary, School of Intercultural Studies, and a Master of Business Administration from the University of Western Ontario's prestigious Ivy Business School. I mean, that sounds pretty amazing, right? And she lives with her husband and two daughters in London, Ontario. Now, the best part of this is that she has just become President and CEO of Compassion, canada and i love that she's a woman and that she has this beautiful honor and title so if you're unfamiliar with what compassion is it's a leading child development organization and compassion is helping more than 2 million children in 25 countries learn the skills and receive opportunities they need to overcome poverty i am so grateful to have had the opportunity to talk to Allison and learn about her personal journey as well as the vision for Compassion. So here's my conversation with Allison Alley. Allison, I'm so excited to have you on the Courage Cast today. Thank you so much for uh, taking this time out of your very busy schedule and also just like all of the new endeavors that you are taking on as President and CEO of Compassion and just to share with us about your journey and about your life and just so happy you're here. Oh, my pleasure, Andrea. It is a joy to be spending time with you. Now, I always ask at the very onset just for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what you're passionate about. Oh, that's
1: a great question. So uh, I've been married to my husband, Tommy, for 17 years. We have two daughters, a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. I was uh, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, but uh, recently relocated to London, Ontario. And what I am passionate about is uh, mobilizing and inspiring and equipping Christ followers to prioritize kids and the poor in their daily going.
0: Now, is this something that you've kind of always had on your heart or is it like just something that you've developed over time?
1: Yeah, well, God planted seeds of this and really gave me, in many ways, I would call it a burden for kids in poverty. When I was a young adult, so I went through a program called Youth with a Mission. Are you
0: familiar with it? Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I did a discipleship training school. I was, uh, first of all, suffering for Jesus in Honolulu, which is the <laughs> program. And uh, then I did my outreach in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And it was there that I had the opportunity to engage and teach English and build relationships with a wide variety of people, and most of them being children. And as you can imagine, in the context of Thailand, specifically uh, in the early 2000s, because a lot has changed in that country since, I was confronted firsthand with extreme poverty, with child mortality, with injustice with child slavery in ways that um, was immediately unsettling and would stay with me uh, for a long time until God would use that for very specific purposes later in life.
0: You know, when you were kind of experiencing that, did you ever have like a thought about you would be working in that sector or that kind of, you know, helping others? Did Did you even have that concept? You know, at the time I wouldn't have had the framework for that um, and wouldn't have,
1: likely may not have felt qualified (laughs) that I had to, to contribute. Um, But what certainly felt like God was calling me into a life of purpose, was calling me at the time I would have said, you know, to live on mission and to be engaged in these types of activities. Um, My husband, who I met through YWAM, had that same sense of calling and conviction. But what ended up happening with us is it ended up sitting on the back burner of our lives for about a decade as we got married and then got engaged in the marketplace and careers until God was ready to kind of reawaken us and reclaim uh, that calling that we had
0: mm-hmm. now what did you do in the meantime yeah so I worked in the finance industry
1: so I was a financial advisor and uh, had a, a portfolio of lending and investments and small business loans and I was doing that for quite some time um, through that time also had my two children So, And it was shortly after the birth of my second daughter, she was about two months old at the time, that um, God really impressed upon, not just me, but my husband, that we were uh, increasingly missing the mark, that we were missing the reason that he not only created us as individuals with specific gifts and skills and passions, um, but the reason that he had really brought us together, we would say, as a couple.
0: Was there like a moment or you know um, a conversation like how did that take place
1: yeah in hindsight i would look back and say that god was creating the environment by which Uh, He would remove our uh, blinders and our barriers and our biases that had been built over time, largely through the community around us. Um, Our church was going through a journey of really asking, you know, what does it mean to live on mission and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not just in our local community, but globally? You know, is, is being a missionary a calling for the select few to go over there wherever there is? Or is the calling of Christ followers all of us to live on mission and to steward all that we are and all that we have for God's purposes and not our own? So the environment was there, Mm -hmm. um, but there really was this significant moment in time that catapulted it in many ways for us. And, you know, in, in some ways it was also insignificant. I was sitting at home in our basement and the context was also that we, you know, lived in a our dream home, and uh, it was a home that we had renovated by the lake. And to some people's standards, it might have been, you know, modest. To ours, it really felt like, you know, something that we worked hard for. And so we're sitting in this home. I'm holding my newborn baby, watching my my husband and my oldest playing in the distance, and I just became overcome with emotion, and it wasn't. Um, It wasn't something that I had really experienced before. And it was this sense of void and absence of of what I would say now is like joy and purpose and identity that was largely related uh, to the world of my kids. And I realized in time that I had been so completely and narrowly focused on my own world on you know, working hard for my kids to have everything they could ever want and more than they could ever need mm-hmm. while completely ignoring not just the needs of other kids around the world, uh, but other moms around the world. And painfully, and I would say quite embarrassingly at the time, I realized that um, I was influenced by the world that I was leading in and working in and was focused on you know slowly but surely moving up and to the right in ways that I was dominated by individualism and materialism and consumerism. Again, to outsiders looking in, it may not have been obvious or substantial, but um,
0: it became quite prevalent to me. Mm -hmm. Those internal kind of shifts and things that are taking place, I think, cause us so much pause Mm -hmm. to, you know, even reevaluate. And I think as women, we get to this like place in our lives where it's like, okay, wow. Like this is where I am, you know, like now what do I do? Do I stay the course, which you could have totally chosen to do. Yeah. And kind of, you know, continue this upward trajectory, the things that you're doing, you know, that's a beautiful moment and a beautiful picture of kind of like, just like taking that, that time to kind of reflect and be like, okay, wow. Like I can keep going in this direction or I can pivot. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the way we would have articulated it at the time was that
1: God was calling us outside of the boat. And the boat for us was a place of uh, self-protection, of security, of, you know, taking care of ourselves. And instead, he was asking us to step out in an act of obedience and faith and trust largely into the unknown. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, practically speaking, it meant two steps number one we put a for sale sign up
0: oh wow Um, okay
1: yeah decided before we knew you know what it may mean vocationally or professionally we knew that we had to walk away uh, from this home and from really this this way of being and way of living that um, for us did not depict the calling that God had had placed on our lives. And so we put our our house up for sale. And I remember, actually, I haven't thought about this in a while, but our realtor said, you know, it's going to take a while to sell this house, you know, the market and the location and all of these things. And it sold man, like uh, within weeks of it being for sale. And we were left with no place to go uh, (laughs) besides my parents' house. You know, they caught us and brought us in. Uh, um, But that was our first act of obedience. And the second, as it related to uh, reclaiming the sense of being calling for children and the poor, is we sponsored one child and it was through an organization that i knew so little about at the time short of the fact that our church was starting to talk about them and and it was an organization called compassion canada and so we sponsored a little boy named jimmy from ecuador and that led us on a very different path
0: wow jimmy changed your life he really did he really (laughs) did And he doesn't, does he know that? Have you met him? Well,
1: I have had the joy of meeting him and telling him that story and as has my husband as well. So yeah, it was a privilege to get to know his story more personally and share our own.
0: Amazing. Now, how long have you been sponsoring him? Yeah. So we started
1: sponsoring him about um, seven and a half to eight years ago.
0: Wow. That's so amazing. Uh, I love the fact that you're talking about sometimes when we are going into new endeavors when things are happening and opening up for us that the very first step is often going to be one of action. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what lies on the other side of that. Like that's so risky to like, be like, okay, let's just put our house up for sale. (laughs) You know, like not knowing like what comes next. So can you like walk us through like what happened after you've, you've moved out of your dream home, mm-hmm. and how do you kind of get yourself into a position where you are working for compassion? Yeah. Um, first of all, I would completely agree, by the way, that
1: the idea of one step forward and one faithful step is really, to me... The life of a Christ follower. You know, I didn't wake up one day and ever decide. You know, I'm gonna, I want even want to be. Never mind, yeah. I would be the president and CEO of this organization. Um, but instead, it's you know, what is God calling me to next? Who are the people around me that He's calling me to influence? Where are the areas He's asking me to take courage in, or to equip in, or to engage in that He can use for His purposes, and that to answer your question, that journey for us was the first time we really experienced what I've heard is that when God promises to be a light unto your path, he doesn't promise to be a floodlight, but a flashlight. (laughs) Sometimes a firefly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. even better, even better. And, And so, yeah, it was a series of um you know divine appointments and encounters with people that would lead us just a little bit closer to this path that he had us on and so first of all my husband is a cinematographer he's a storyteller and he was asked by our church to travel with them to ecuador and to see the work of compassion firsthand as they were looking to take a greater step of partnership as a church and so he went and we had started sponsoring jimmy at the time and so, first of all, he got to see Compassion's Ministry, and someone who uh, my husband Tommy had experience in uh, overseas missions work, understood elements of poverty and development he was able to see just how incredible Compassion's program was and to kind of look behind the curtain and see how they do what they say they do. And in a way that um, has sound development principles and upholds the role of the local church in pretty remarkable ways. And near the end of the trip, and here's the point, they surprised him um, with the opportunity to meet our sponsor child, Jimmy. And so he had this surprise encounter that just moved him in ways that he still can't fully express as far as the love that he had for this little boy and the joy he experienced in meeting his family and the opportunity to hear firsthand about what our one small step, um, the difference that that made in his life. Uh, So that was a pretty incredible step.
0: Hi beautiful, here's your daily reminder that you are loved, you are important, and you are perfect just the way you are. The way those words just made you feel, that's what it feels like to slip into an Onderbrooks robe. Onderbrooks is a female-founded luxury robe and loungewear brand. Every unique, high-quality Canadian-made piece is designed to be a reminder that we are all made up of beautiful, unique details. For 15% off your very own Underbrook's piece, head to onderbrooks.ca and enter promo code COURAGECAST at checkout. That's O-N-D-E-R-B-R-O-E-K-S dot C-A. Promo code COURAGECAST. Something amazing happens when we take time to access the creative parts of ourselves. When we have the time and space to outwork our creativity on the canvas or through writing, by moving our bodies through dance, It's like experiencing a little bit of magic in our lives. And I found that the times that I've been able to be the most creative are when I'm feeling centered and focused, and there are no real expectations for me to be anything or do anything. And I wanna encourage you to set aside some time to access that creative part of yourself. And we've written a beautiful guided meditation that I know is going to help unlock the creativity in you in a whole new way when you're able to really access that creativity something amazing happens to open you up to opportunity and you may even find that you'll want to start putting yourself out there in the world this free audio download is available over at thecouragecast.com so if you've been feeling a little hesitant or unsure about how to tap into your creative sweet spot. I know this is really gonna help you get started.
1: You know, really I played this like shadow sideline role for a while, which was uh, pretty awesome in a, in a lot of ways. But uh, Tommy came back and said, you know, Allison, I believe that compassion is the vehicle by which We will live at our calling to be advocates Mm. for kids. And uh, at the time, working at Compassion was not on our radar. In fact, we wrote it off. Uh, We laughed one day and said, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if we could work there one day? But we kind of said, you know, what would they want with us? Who are we and what do we (laughs) have? And it really, it was not false humility at all, but just thought, you know, they've got, you know, they likely have what they need and they're uh, two hours away from us. And, um, we did look on the website and didn't see any job postings at the time, and uh, we decided to become advocates, and we had some unique ideas as it related to being advocates and volunteers for this organization, and we wondered if with my husband's storytelling, we could actually have the opportunity to travel internationally and tell some stories of you know, people here, connecting with people there, and how we were sensing already God was using that to change lives, not just in the context of extreme poverty, but also in the context of extreme wealth, which was our story.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm, And
1: uh, it was throughout that journey that we got connected with some folks at Compassion. And uh, we had what ended up being a pretty incredible coffee with a leader at Compassion. And the short version, because it is quite a long story, is that Compassion was looking to start something new that they had never done before. And they were asking the question, you know, what about the rest of them? What about kids around the world that we're not currently serving in our ministry context? that um, maybe God can use us to awaken the church to kids, to mobilize the church, even if not in direct partnership with compassion, you know, towards ways that they could prioritize kids and the poor. And as we were having this coffee with this individual and sharing our story, I talked about the burden God placed on me as a mom about kids in poverty and used a similar phrase and said, you know, he's impressed upon us, what about the rest of them? Not just the kids that I have influence over being my own, but what about the rest of the kids around the world? And in that moment, this leader at Compassion was moved And recognize that our paths and our storylines as one family and one organization appear to be intersecting Mm. with this compelling, you know, clarion call to care for those that aren't currently within our care. And in time, they asked me to come on board to play a part in launching uh, what became our advocacy team and advocacy initiatives.
0: Oh, wow. I love how there's like that intersection merging of your family, really your entire family mm-hmm. and, and the organization kind of like being that catalyst to step into that. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. How do you think for you, like, you know, you, you left the financial sector and you're moving into this kind of different leadership position. How do you think you are taking what you've learned as a leader, um, even kind of in your, your other roles and kind of using them now to move forward? Yeah. Well, a a couple of things. Number one, I have had the
1: incredible, um, I'm going to say privileged a, in many ways I was raised in a privileged, um context i think many of your listeners as well mm-hmm. have been raised in a privileged context but specifically what i mean by that is i was invested in at a really young age from a wide variety of individuals i was invested in by men and by women by people in the marketplace by people in ministry uh, by people older than me and learned also you know, by people younger than me. And so I came into the organization with that, which, um, and a significant sense of calling, which brings a lot of peace and comfort, knowing Mm -hmm. that God will continue to equip those he calls for the plans and purposes he has for them. But number two is, um, I'm a learner. I'm an Enneagram three. Have you done Enneagram before? I too? am.
0: I'm a one.
1: Okay. The so <laughs> one is the uh, reformer or per, uh, perfectionist. Is that yes, it? Yes. that okay. is Exactly who it is. Yes, I, you know, delineated between one and three because I have a lot of the characteristics of a one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But with a three, the achiever, I very much place a high value on learning and growing and have always, you know, thirsted for more knowledge and to grow as a leader or as a mom or as a wife. And so for me, when I started at Compassion, in light of my desire to make the greatest impact as I could on the lives of these kids, again, not to grow in influence, because remember, you know, we started as volunteers. I wasn't even thinking I would work there. Mm -hmm. Um, I really recognized from my perspective, I felt like um, to maximize my contribution in a faith-based A not for profit organization that's focused on kids, I felt like there were three key hats that I uh, should and could wear, or three key areas of leadership. Number one was a shepherd, you know, someone who really could lead in a ministry context and a faith based context. Number two would be a practitioner, someone who understands international develop and how to really um, contribute to the holistic development of kids in the context that we're working. Not that this organization is dependent on my knowledge, because if we get to it, you'll see how that's absolutely not the case. But I wanted to grow in my understanding. And number three, um, as an executive, that in a not-for-profit and in a charity You know, we have marketing and fundraising and technology and customer service and human resources and all of these functions and skill sets that I wanted to understand more. And so I submitted myself to at first an informal equipping in those areas, just in reading and reaching out to people. But then God very clearly impressed upon me that he was calling me into this formal equipping season. So I went to seminary. I went to Fuller Theological Seminary and studied global leadership, which was basically how to lead in a ministry context with a global perspective. And I studied international development and urban studies in particular, and had the privilege of learning under folks like Brian Fickert, who would be a thought leader in our sector. And then, uh, when that was finished, I felt like God was calling me uh, to study business again, to increase my effectiveness. Um, and so I, I studied an MBA at Ivy Business School uh, here in London and just finished that recently here in the fall.
0: Wow. That's, am- I, I, see, like, I love how it's like little steps at a time, right? Like, it wasn't like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. So it's just kind of like we sell our house and then we become advocates for this organization. And then I go to seminary and ah. then I go to business school. And like, I just love... That you have been able to kind of like just walk the journey out,
1: and yeah, and in the community of people around me who know me and love me enough to speak in, and shape me and challenge me and grow me, and so so much has of this has been, you know, in the context of a rich community, which I'm mm-hmm.
0: very thankful for. Now you have two daughters. Yes. Yeah. So, and as a woman who is like stepped into this role, CEO and president. Like How how important is it for you to really show them how to be empowered as a woman Mm -hmm. in leadership and kind of step into? Because that's, I would imagine, is normally reserved for a a male figurehead. Sure. Yeah,
1: quite typically. Absolutely. You know, um, I would say not by choice, but just by how God designed us. My husband and I have had a really, in some sense, people would look in and say, unique relationship. For us, it's all we know. It's who we are, it's how we think, it's how we relate to one another. And I often say that I would not be able to live out my calling uh, with so much conviction and commitment um, and courage without my husband living out his. And so in many ways throughout this season of transition in particular, where we did relocate our family as I was working on an MBA and in this present President-elect role uh, for about 20 months. My husband really took a key leadership role on the home front and did everything he could to ensure that our kids were happy and healthy. Um, You know, I often say that I was, you know, caffeinated and encouraged, (laughs) had what I needed to, you know, forge ahead, and really did steady the ship for us um, in in remarkable ways. And so I, I really would have a more difficult time doing this you know, as a mom without his strong, strong investment in our kids.
0: Mm -hmm. I love how that you guys have these fluid roles, Mm -hmm. how, and, and kind of just showing your daughters even that anything's possible, you know, that, that any, you can, you can really outwork You know, being at home and being domestic, and you can also outwork advocacy and you can also outwork, you know, leadership, um, being the dad or the mom, either one, you know. Yeah, and you know what, there was this really cool moment
1: for me that stands out. And it's funny, I tend to shy away, I will be candid with you, Andrea, from you know, these conversations sometimes, because again, it was never a statement for me, it's just who I am and an act of obedience um, for us as a family. But every once in a while, it does stand out and I go, wow, there is something, you know, unique and and likely special about what our kids are being raised in. And we have this calendar, uh, this paper calendar in our house where I often write, you know, where I am or if I'm traveling, specifically when I was doing my MBA, because I'd have to go on campus. And um, there was a date that was circled on our calendar, and that date was October 25th. And it said two unique things on it. It said, um, Mom becomes CEO and Mom gets MBA. And uh, both of them, (laughs) you know, in were on the same day, which was pretty wild in and of itself and made for a pretty fun day around here. Mm-hmm. But I walked into the room. My my daughter had put that on the calendar. My husband and my youngest uh, were washing the dishes, and I just stopped and overheard them talking about that and overheard my husband saying to them in the context of tidying up Saying, you know, this is a really exciting day because, you know, e- your mom has been faithful in doing what God calls her to, and we get the opportunity to celebrate that and what that means for us as a family. And it was just uh, pretty remarkable to hear him, you know, talking to them about what that meant.
0: Mm-hmm. I just actually got the chills when you said that. <laughs> no, I think that's beautiful. I think just that that support. that that you've been able to kind of, you know, be for probably for one another, Mm -hmm. even in that process. And, you know, uh, just allowing, you know, you to, to expand in, in your knowledge and expand in your opportunities. I think it's just such a beautiful thing. It, you know, I'm I'm all for women's empowerment. Like this podcast is obviously geared towards women, but I often have men who listen and even comment and say, you know, I, we love what you're talking about here as well. But I, w- I know that it's not just about like you know being empowered by women I think it's so important that there is these um, these equal gender roles where where we are um, mutually empowering one another and how much of a difference that makes for women young women especially to rise into their purpose and, and even into their calling things that that they feel compelled to do when they're empowered by both men, yeah. you know, it makes a difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And certainly that has been my story. Mm-hmm. And I'm only recently, you know, waking up to the fact that uh, that is something that is um, a special and precious and something to be very thankful for that I was invested in by, as I said, a wide variety of people um, in ways that felt so normal to me, you know, and mm-hmm. continue to feel uh, really normal. So I'm quite thankful for that.
0: Mm hmm. Now, I was just telling you before we started that I am also a Compassion sponsor. I have been for years, and um, I have I sponsor a young boy in um, the Dominican. And um, I, I love Compassion. I love what you're doing. But I'd love to know from you what is the vision
1: moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. Well, for the sake of your viewers, first of all, um, Compassion is a a global child development organization that exists to end poverty in the lives of kids and their family. And uh, what makes us really unique is we help kids um, develop healthy minds, bodies, and relationships while discovering God's love for them. So we don't just recognize the physical aspect of poverty, though that's critical, um, but we also recognize the social, the emotional, the cognitive, and the spiritual needs and growth opportunity that can happen in the context of a loving community. And so um, Compassion is not just child-focused and Christ-focused, but we're also church-based. And we partner exclusively with local churches around the world. We have about 8,000 churches in 25 countries where we are holistically developing over 2 million kids right now. Wow. So yeah, I say that because as the new leader coming in, I am just in awe of how God has been uh, moving people with compassion so that they can know, love, and protect kids around the world uh, in ways that he has just grown the influence and the capacity of this organization uh, over the years. And yet, while we do serve, as I said, over 2 million kids, there are still, uh, by some counts, one billion children who are living in poverty. And so our work is not yet done. So as I you know, um, move into this leadership position and look to the future, there are three key areas that I'm focused on. Uh, number one is every child. Number two is every Christ follower. And number three is every life changed in the process so every child is about every child being afforded the opportunity to live a life free from poverty and to flourish in christ at number two is for every christ follower to take seriously god's calling to join him in advancing his mission of justice and compassion in a way that ought to prioritize kids and the poor and number third every life changed in the process. I am pretty excited about the opportunity to lean into compassion being a bridge between the resourced and the under-resourced in a way that um, we can facilitate not just the exchange of dollars um, in a way that meets need over there, but the exchange of relationship, where as we learn and grow and live with one another, um, all of us can be transformed closer into the image of Christ and be used in increasing measure to be his hands and feet uh, in the world around us.
0: Mm, that's amazing. I, I think that's just such a really powerful vision. And I love the holistic approach that you're taking and that it's not just about, you know, can we feed you? But it's like, can we feed your spirit yeah. as well? And, and really recognizing the importance of community aspect and, and really kind of keeping um, kids in healthy community. Yeah. And I think that's just so important. I think as much as our growth, you know, we, we need, um, provision, but we also need that community and we need, you know, to be surrounded by people who, who are genuinely looking out for our best interests, whether they are in our own neighborhood Mm -hmm. or they are abroad, which, you know, I'm sure there's even people listening right now who are sponsors of, you know, both compassion and other organizations as well, or even, you know, in, um, in, in, in social justice areas that, you know, many people are even doing themselves, which is really, really, really exciting. So um, that's, that's really exciting. So how, how can people um, get involved? Like, is, are there opportunities with Compassion to kind of step into those um, sponsor roles or even other roles? Yeah, well, first,
1: you know, as we talked about earlier, I would encourage people, the need can seem so overwhelming and you can think, you know, what can I possibly do to make a difference? But as we said earlier, you know, I would encourage you to take that one faithful step, just one step forward today. And because it does make an incredible difference, not just in your ongoing journey with Christ, but in the life of those that you are engaging with around you. As you said, whether it's in your backyard or around the world. And some of those small steps you can take with us, which are actually big impactful steps on the other end, is you can sponsor a child. And you can find information about that at compassion.ca. You can see firsthand um, the kids who are waiting for loving sponsors like you to say yes to them, to speak life and joy into them, and to allow them to be known, loved, and protected by a member of their own church community. Uh, You can also volunteer. You can find that information on our website as well. You can volunteer to write letters to kids who may have a sponsor uh, that may not write to them. If you have the gift of communication, that can be a really rewarding thing to do. You could fundraise for us or show up to events where we're at to talk about the work of compassion and ways that would expand our reach. So there are uh, many opportunities there, but my encouragement to your listeners is to do one thing and to see how God will use that in your life and the life of someone else.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of women probably who are listening to this that have big dreams they have aspirations to not just accomplish and achieve which I know you're three which so the achievement part of it's a big part of it for you yeah. but I know that I think you know it's the impact that that makes the most difference and and I think that's just an achievement right there is you know we we were able to impact communities and people and Um, what would you say to a young woman who's an entrepreneur, a creative, um, social justice advocate, kind of in her own sphere of influences, like looking to, you know, take those steps, um, to, to just empower herself to kind of step into the place that she's supposed to be. What would you say to her?
1: Hmm. Well, um, I would impress upon her what God has been impressing upon me in this season of stepping into, um, a new role and a, an expanded role, uh, especially in my three nests and in my, um, uh, self-sufficiency and drive to make a difference. And, uh, it's two realities. Number one, not on our strength, but on God's. And number two, not alone, but together. And uh, this whole thing is not dependent on us. It's not dependent on our intellect and our stamina and our ability and our skills and our experience, but is absolutely about submitting to God working through us in ways that he will surprise us and challenge us and grow us in his perfect timing to accomplish his, um, uh, his plans and purposes for us. And number two, not alone, but together, God has created us. Um, in community for community. And what can so happen in the life of leadership, I see this already, is isolation can uh, sit in. And we can start to either build walls around us in light of protecting our image or our identity or how we want people to perceive us, or other people can build ba- uh, walls around us, between us and them, in light of our title or our responsibility. And it's our job to break down those walls and those barriers between us, uh, to build two-way relationship where people know us and we know them and we can be real and I can be just Allison, and you can be just Andrea and we can talk uh, woman to woman, Christ follower to Christ follower in ways that uh, we can grow one another and depend on the another, um, which can strengthen our impact. So not on our strength, but God's and not alone, but together.
0: That's, that's Great advice. Such great advice. I am so excited for the future of compassion and what's happening. I love your story. And I just, I'm really, really excited to see what comes of this next chapter in your story and, and how compassion moves forward and, and just reaches um, more people and and helps more kids, which is is kind of the really important part. So thank you so much for sharing and for just being here and just lending your voice and your influence. And I really really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Andrea. I really enjoyed the
0: conversation. So thanks for having me. One of the things that Allison talked about was living on mission. And I think that's so important for us to really digest and get into our spirits because I think each of us has the opportunity and the responsibility to live on mission in our own lives. And that will look completely different in every unique scenario. So you don't have to do the same thing as Allison or even myself but I would encourage you to find something that you are passionate about to get involved in an organization that really lights you up. And whether it's working for that organization or it's becoming an advocate or even sponsoring or volunteering within that organization, there is so much that we can do from poverty to human trafficking, to helping even our stray dogs and cats making sure that they have a home. There are so many ways for you to volunteer your time and your resources. So I want to encourage you to continue to make a greater impact on the world. And if you want to get in touch with Allison over at Compassion, then I have provided all the links at thecouragecast.com and as well, you can begin to sponsor a child through Compassion what a beautiful way to get involved in an organization by doing that right now at this time of the year, friends. I love that you were here with me today, and thank you for joining me. I'd love to connect with you over on Instagram at, at @the_couragecast as well as over on Facebook at The Courage Cast Podcast. Friends, thanks so much for being here. Until next time, remember you have everything you need to live bravely.